Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. for another week of Shiloh Church. We're about to start a brand new series. If you've got a Bible, I want you to look with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. We are gonna be reading from verses 41 to 44. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 to 44. If you're listening to this on a podcast, a big shout out to you wherever you might be. You might be climbing a mountain, you might be at the airport, you might be in an Uber going somewhere exciting, or you might be stuck in lockdown. Maybe you're watching this on YouTube or in some other way, someone's tagged you in it on Online. We want you to feel super welcome. Uh, this is, a, a pre, I believe, a critical message in the life of our church at the moment, but also it's a critical message in our world. And let me give you the backdrop for this. If you're taking notes, the message is called I See a Cloud. And now basically, we are looking at a part of the nation of Israel's history where they have been in famine. They've been in a drought for years. It hasn't rained for a very long time. Now, I'm a country boy at heart, and so I know a little bit about what it's like to be in a drought. I've driven through some uh, drought-infested areas, and you know, sometimes you can get the picture that maybe this affected farmers and maybe a few people that lived out in a remote place, but it didn't have much of an effect beyond that. But take a moment to think about it. If you are in a drought, if there is a famine across the lands, that means there is a food shortage. So people are hungry. In addition to that, there is a water shortage. People are thirsty. They would be rationing food and rationing water. Now you've got to understand something about the human body. I'm no doctor, Dr. Phil, dad joke aside, um, but I can tell you this about the human body. When you cut down on the amount of food you eat, one of the first things your body does is it goes into a survival situation. And when you're in a survival situation, the body shuts down certain things that it deems unnecessary. Now, one of the things that it shuts down surprisingly is it dials back the intensity of your immune system, which means not only would the land have been in famine, not only would people have been dialing back the water they would have had, dialing back the food that they would have had, but on top of that, disease and sickness would have been rampant through the land. Then you think about the economic effect on top of all of the, um, the, the crazy effects on people's health, money would have been down because even if you just look at it from the perspective of a farmer, right? So a farmer is uh, not having the same amount of money, so he's no longer going into town, he's no longer buying that level of machinery, which means the guy who owns the machine shop or the machine place even back then wouldn't have had the money to go and spend uh, uh, on his wife and kids and schooling and dresses and all that kind of stuff, and it's a domino effect. So this is a nation that would have been in physical turmoil emotional turmoil, financial turmoil. And on top of that, this was a nation at the time that was in spiritual unrest. So we're talking about a very, very bleak period and they needed a breakthrough. They needed rain. Now, if you're just been tagged by a friend and maybe you're new to the whole Christian thing, you're new to the whole church thing, you might be saying, well, thanks for the history lesson, Phil. Why should I care? You know, the thing is, this is more than just rain. Yes, it's a historical event. Yes, the Bible is talking about that. But quite often uh, what we see in Scripture is there's multiple layers within something. So the first layer is there's a historical event, yes. But the reason that you should care is rain also teaches us something else. This part of the Bible symbolically shows us that the nation of Israel is about to go through change. Now, I don't know about you, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on in 2020, and that 
is change has been a constant. And so our ability to cope with change, our ability to succeed with change, our ability to understand change impacts every single part of our life and impacts the success we have or the challenges we have as we go through this year. So let me tell you, even if you're new to the whole Christian thing, even if you're new to the whole church thing, this applies to your life because you and I have one thing in common and that is change. Our world has been changed this year. So if you've got a Bible, book of 1 Kings chapter 18, and we're gonna pick up the story here. Elijah, the prophet of God, this is what he says. Then Elijah said to Ahab, who was the king, go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm is coming. There's a whole thing about faith we don't have time to get into now. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Pause. Now you gotta think about this for a moment. Elijah wasn't just any old guy. Elijah was a man of God who knew how to see miracles happen. This was one of the greatest men of God to ever walk the face of the earth. Elijah literally moments before, days, weeks before, had had a major encounter with God where he called down a pillar like a tornado of fire from the sky. Elijah was a man that moved in the power of the Holy Spirit. Elijah was a man who knew how to get God's attention. Elijah was a man who knew how to do miracles. This is a mighty man of God. In fact, if you keep reading in um, the book of 1 Kings, you'll see what actually happens to Elijah. Such an incredible man of God was he, he didn't even die. God sent him a chariot of fire and he went off into that chariot and that was actually how he went to heaven. And yes, after so many times of going back and looking for a cloud, after so many prayers, after his head was literally between his knees praying out to God, he didn't see breakthrough. Have you ever felt like that? I don't know about you, I've had times in my life where it's like I'm doing everything right. I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm hoping for change and yet nothing happens. If you're taking notes, number one, delay doesn't mean denial. Delay doesn't mean denial. See, you might be thinking, well, here I am. I'm praying, I'm defending God to my friends and family that don't know Jesus. I'm trying to explain to them what's going on right now, but nothing has happened. Why doesn't God get He looks bad? Why doesn't God get this is affecting His reputation? And we can cry out to God and wrestle with God on that and be a little bit frustrated and not understand what's going on with that. But I'm here to tell you, delay doesn't mean denial. I mean, think about it. Nothing happened in the natural realm, nothing at all. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was a clear blue sky. They had walked from Mount Carmel all the way towards the ocean, which is an over 20 kilometre journey, back and forth, back and forth. Can you imagine if you walked 140 kilometres? Do a Google to convert it into miles for all my US friends. But can you imagine if you did that kind of a journey and saw nothing? You would have been exhausted as a servant no doubt was exhausted. Maybe you were disappointed as no doubt they were exhausted and they were no doubt disappointed too. But let me explain something to you. There is often a delay between what happens in the spiritual realm and what happens in the natural realm. Let me say that again. There's often a delay between what happens in the spiritual realm and what happens in the natural realm. And look, I understand the last few years as a church have been challenging. 
because people have been praying and believing for breakthrough in some areas and they haven't seen it happen. Their hopes and their dreams and their desires have been put on hold for a while and it can be frustrating. Maybe you're watching this, you're a part of our church or maybe you're listening to this on a podcast and you're a part of our church and you're like, yeah, I get that, I feel that. Like, you know, we've, we've been pushing in and we haven't seen any rain yet in heaven. But again, I'm here to remind you that delay doesn't mean denial. Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you've lacked the experience that you feel like you should have had, but delay doesn't mean denial. Because see, this is the bit where usually people give up. This is the bit where people usually say, ah, yeah, nah. Like, I tried the church thing. I tried the God thing. Yeah, I gave that a shot, but nah, nah. But let me encourage you with this. I believe if you're listening to this today, maybe a friend tagged you in something online today. Maybe somebody just shot you this podcast link in an email at work and you're playing it while you're doing something else and you're disappointed and you're feeling upset and frustrated because you haven't seen a cloud because it hasn't happened yet. Let me encourage you, even though that there is often a delay between what happens in the spiritual realm and what happens in the natural realm, delay doesn't mean denial. And I believe that God has made this a divine appointment for you to listen to this because this is the message He wants to get across to you. Let me prove my point. Jesus didn't rise on the first day. He rose on the third day, but Jesus was not denied. The world wasn't created in one day. It was created in six, but the plan of God was not denied. Daniel didn't receive his breakthrough on the first day of prayer and fasting. It happened on the 21st day, but Daniel wasn't denied. Hannah could not conceive a child. And even though she had years of trying and years of praying and years of pressing in, and it took 19 years before Samuel was born, but hallelujah, Hannah was not denied. Abraham waited 25 years for a son, but you know what? Abraham wasn't denied. And there was 40 years between the promised land that Israel Israel saw and then actually walking in to capture that. But the nation of Israel was not denied. And I'm going to tell you right now, you might be listening to this. You might be watching this and you might have been pressing in for a while and you might be stressed and frustrated. But I'm here to tell you just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Your delay does not mean your denial. God sees you. God sees your situation. God sees what you're walking through. And He wants you to know that your delay does not mean that you have been denied. God's hands are not necessarily necessarily tied in your situation. You need to dream bigger and stir your faith. Maybe you've been waiting your fair share. Maybe you've been wrestling your fair share. Delay doesn't mean denial. Glory to God. It's rain is coming. The rain is coming. The rain is coming. You might have walked three, four, five, six, seven times. The rain is coming. It's coming to this church. It's coming to your business. It's coming to your school. It's coming to your university. It's coming into your family. It's coming into your circle of friends. Hallelujah. Number two, if you're taking notes, number two, your faith is only as strong as your tenacity. Your faith is only as strong as your tenacity. Elijah's faith might have been challenged. I think that's a fair argument. I think his servant's faith might have been challenged. But you got to understand, they didn't give up. They just kept pressing in because they understood that there is a link between your faith and your tenacity. I think about people, I, I don't know about you. I, I got a lot of friends on Facebook. got a lot of friends on Insta and other social media platforms. Uh, hopefully you do too. Maybe if you're watching this on one of those, you can tag a few friends in it. But I don't know about you, but I got these friends and they're like, they, they put up all these posts about, you know, you got to share this eight times or the devil's going to attack your family or share this nine times and there's a blessing or, you know, those kinds of people. 
But some of them, they might post way too many of those things, you know, like the four, five, six, seven, eight, ten times a day. And yet, the first sign of trouble in their life, they fold like a house of cards. And you can say that you have great faith and you can say that you're full of the faith of the Holy Ghost, but I'm here to remind you that there is a link between your tenacity and your faith. Your faith is only as strong as your tenacity. I mean, think about it. In Luke chapter 11, uh, verses five to eight, Jesus talks about prayer and He describes prayer a little bit like this. He says, it's kind of like this. Imagine the middle of the night, uh, someone comes to your house and they're hungry and you think, man, I've got to feed them. They're guests in my house, right? So you go to your next door neighbour's house and you bang on the door and you bang and you bang and you bang and you're like, knock, 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 knock. And finally He answers. He says, yeah, what do you want? He's like, well, I got people, oh, they come late at night, oh, you know, they're hungry, like you got some bread or something, like I really appreciate it. And the guy's like, listen, man, my wife and kids are asleep. You woke me up. Uh, I'm not looking after you, brother. I, I gotta go to bed. So he goes back to bed and you keep knocking and you keep pressing in. And then Jesus says, they answer your request, not because of their neighbourship or their friendship or whatever, but purely just to get rid of you, just to shut you up. Then Jesus says, that's what prayer's like. Now, I know that's not a popular scripture to preach, but there's just a little bit of something God is saying here. There's a little bit of tenacity we got to get about our faith. We got to be able to press into the Holy Spirit. We got to be able to contend. We got to wrestle in the heavens, to use an old fashioned expression. We got to get a little bit of, you know, if I was preaching this for all my country friends out there, I'd probably say it like this. We got to get a little bit of mongrel in us, a little bit of like, I'm not going to let the devil take my family. I'm not going to let him rip my business off in the middle of COVID. I'm not going to let him go after my school. I'm not going to let him take away my society. He can't go after my uni. He can't go after my marriage. I will have the last say. And the last say is that Jesus reigns, that breakthrough is coming, that the rain is here and I'm going to wrestle him until I see it happens. That is what Jesus is talking about. That's the kind of faith that we need to have. The faith that has a little bit of guts, the faith that has a little bit of fight. And maybe you're here and you're like, well, Phil, after what I've been through, I don't know. Man, you've got to dig deep. You've got to stir up that faith within you. You've got to get a little bit of that tenacious faith. Now, this is the thing. Some of you might be in the middle of a crisis and that's hard to do. So I'm going to be praying in a moment that you get breakthrough there. But maybe you're watching this and you're like, Phil, I'm good. Like, life's, life's cool. Like, I just bought a new car, I got a promotion. Like, I'm all good. Hey, here's my encouragement to you if you're good. Now is the time to stir your faith. I would ask you this. What are the things that you do to build faith in your life? Because it's different for everyone based on people's personality type and unique walk with God and all of that. Some of you, it'll be going for a walk in a, in a forest somewhere that'll just stir your faith. Others will be chilling by the beach. Some people will take a Bible to a cool cafe and they'll be sipping a cup of coffee, reading the Word. Some people will go on a worship experience. Others will go to a conference. Some of you are just like church junkies and you'll smash out a whole bunch of services online in a weekend. Hey, whatever it is that you do to stir your faith, let me ask you a follow-up question. When was the last time you did it? Because for me... You've got to be doing this regularly. You've got to have the fuels of your fires, the coals of your fires stoked so that when you hit an obstacle, you have enough in the tank to get through. It's, it's kind of like this, right? You don't put on a seatbelt in the middle of a car accident. You put on a seatbelt before you even pull out of the driveway. That way, should anything happen, you already have what it takes to come through on the other side. 
And sometimes what we can do, even as believers, is we forget to stir our faith. And then when we get into a crisis, it's harder than it needs to be. Now I think about the servant. I think about Elijah and all of that time. I'm sure their faith was challenged. I don't know what they did. Maybe they sung a song while they were walking. Maybe, maybe Elijah was quoting scripture. Maybe the servant popped by and visited a Christian friend who stirred their faith on the way to and from the ocean. But here's what I do know. They had enough in the tank to get through this. My encouragement to you is, do you have enough in the tank? And if not, start stirring it now so that when you get to that crisis, you will come out on the other side victorious. I mean, think about it for a little bit, right? So he goes to the ocean the first time. No cloud. Pretty big, right? Some people, even Christians, would have given up at that point. He walks to the ocean. The servant walks to the ocean a second time. No cloud. I think at that point, a lot of Christians would have been given up. They would have said, well, I've walked 40 kilometres, I've walked 50 kilometres now, I've done my thing, right? He goes to the ocean a third time, no cloud. By that point, even a lot of churchgoers would over-spiritualise it. You know, when they put spiritual vernacular over things that don't need it, like, well, maybe you interpreted the word wrong or, you know, maybe your church has, you know, gone off a little bit theologically or maybe you need to change denominations or whatever, right? He goes a fourth time. No cloud. By this point, he's walked more than 100 kilometres and has not seen any breakthrough, has not seen God respond to the prayer the way he wants. I think that's the point that people would have started talking, would have been challenging. Is his mental health okay? Got to watch out for that brother. Maybe he needs some counselling. Is he all right? Goes a fifth time, no cloud. Again, five times now. He has walked five times. They have prayed five times. Nothing has happened. Hey, maybe God isn't in it. At this point, people would have started to talk about him. They would have said that his faith was offensive. It's insensitive to other people that are going through stuff right now. Why does he have to flaunt it that way? Goes a sixth time, no cloud. Sixth time, no cloud. At that point, people would have been distancing themselves from him. They would have bailed on this guy. He's not cool. He's lost his marbles. And then he goes to the ocean a seventh time, a seventh time. This is what it says in 1 Kings 18.44. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. If you're taking notes, number three, my last point, a cloud is a cloud. A cloud is a cloud. Now, not every move of God starts with a pillar of fire. Not every move of God starts with parting the ocean. Not every move of God starts with an angelic encounter. Sometimes all we get is a little cloud the size of a man's hand. Maybe you're believing for God to send you an angel. Maybe you're believing for some crazy, radical Holy Ghost encounter that people write books about and you haven't got it yet. And you're frustrated because you feel like after everything I've been through, man, God, you know how I stuck my neck out for you, God. After everything I've been through, you've got to understand, God, I need a little bit more than this. And all you've got is a little cloud the size of a man's hand. Like practically speaking, for example, maybe you're believing for healing in your back. And it is better after praying for a couple months, but it's like 10% better. And you're like, well, it's only 10% better. You know, maybe you and your wife are uh, are going through a difficult season and about the only improvement you've seen is you can now talk about the kids and that's the only bit that's actually doing okay. And so you're like, really, God, I'm praying for restoration in my marriage. 
It's a tiny cloud, but, but, but here's the thing, a cloud is a cloud. A cloud is a cloud. You know, spoiler alert, and we'll look at this next week. Um, this is the cloud that actually brought rain to the nation. This is the cloud that brought breakthrough. This is the cloud that ended the famine. This is the cloud that broke the thirst. This is the cloud that brought um, a spiritual revolution to the land. This is the cloud that literally changed the course of history for this nation. A tiny cloud the size of a man's hand. And maybe that's what you got right now, just a little cloud and you're a little bit frustrated and you're like, man, I deserve something more. Let me, let me tell you this, don't judge a cloud by its size. So often what we do is we look at the size of the start of the miracle and we don't actually imagine and dream and press into what God is gonna do. It's not about what it looks like now, it's about what God is going to do. And I'm here to tell you that God is going to do something ridiculously good. You know, Coming into our first weeks of service, I started to pray and I started to say to the Holy Spirit, what do you see when you see Shiloh Church? What is it that's on your heart when you look at this church? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me abundantly clear, I wrote it down. He said to me, Phil, I see a cloud. I see a cloud. Now I know some of you are believing for massive changes to take place. And it's just been a few little things. I'm here to tell you, a cloud is a cloud. The rain is coming to this church. You might be listening to this going, yeah, well, what, what does that have to do with me? If there's one thing we learn in lockdown is that a church is not a building. A church is not the chairs. A church isn't this room here right now. You are the church. I am the church. Your children and my children are the church. We are the church. So when I'm talking about rain coming to our land, I'm not talking about it in a physical sense. I'm not even talking about it in an organisational sense, although that's a layer too. What I'm actually saying is rain is coming to your business. Rain is coming to your children. Rain is coming to your school. Rain is coming to your university. It's coming to your connect group. It's coming to the youth ministry and the kids ministry. It's coming to the, the hallways that we walk in. It's coming to your family and my family. I believe that God is about to do a mighty move here in Shiloh and it is gonna touch every man, woman and child's life. It's gonna be impacting. It's gonna shift things in your world and it's time to start to stir our faith. Don't get distracted by the size of the cloud because a cloud is a cloud is a cloud. I believe that the rain is here, church. I wanna pray for you right now. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're at the first walk to the, um, to the ocean and your face all really excited and you're like, man, I just, I just wanna get there. I don't know how many times I'm gonna walk. I, I wanna see a cloud. Maybe you're here, you're listening to this, you're podcasting it. You're just jumping on a plane. You're about to land somewhere in the middle of this crazy season and you're thinking, I'm on my fourth time. I've walked 100 Ks. I've seen nothing, bro. Like, I, I need something. I need a cloud. Maybe you're here and you've actually seen the cloud and you're discouraged because you've been waiting for the pillar of fire. You've been waiting for the angel. You haven't got what you thought was gonna happen. It's just a little change. It's just a little shift. Well, I'm here to pray wherever you are right now. Come on, if that's you and you're like, man, I, I, I need to be able to walk those seven times. I don't know if I got it in me. And you're maybe going literally for a jog at the gym right now. You're on a treadmill and you've got your phone in your hand. Squeeze that phone tight. I'm gonna believe right now that God is gonna touch your life and He's gonna give you the strength to go seven times. 
Maybe you're here, as I said, and um, you've just, you've just at the very uh, tail end of that journey, you're on like five, six, and you're like, I don't think I can go again. Now, I'm gonna pray for you right now. Maybe you're watching this online. Extend your hand to the screen. I'm gonna pray right now that God gives you the divine strength to move on. So come on, let me pray for you if you're in those two categories right now. God, I pray right now that you would stir a tenacious fire in the Holy Spirit over their life. I pray right now that the power of God would touch them, that it would impact their lives right now, that you would give them the strength to go back to the ocean and look for that cloud again and again until finally they see breakthrough. God, let them get a little bit of in how they deal with this. Let them push so that the enemy doesn't have the last say over their family, their school, their business, their beauty, whatever it is that they're pressing into right now in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you're here and, and you've just been disappointed by the size of the cloud, I want you to extend your hand to the screen or hold on to your phone or whatever it is that you're podcasting this on or watching this on right now. God, I pray right now that they would not judge the size of their future by what is in front of them right now. Lord Jesus, that they would see what Your Word says to look at things with spiritual eyes and not with natural eyes right now, that they would see in the Spirit the rainstorm, the mighty rainstorm that is coming. And God, I pray right now, your hand would be upon every man, woman and child in this church. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week or in the next episode. And uh, we're going to be picking up the story to see what happens next. So if you've been wondering what kind of cloud it is and how that's all going to roll, dial in for our next message in this series. God bless you. We hope to see you in the building some point in the future. See you later. Bye. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.